You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good evening, hello, thank you for joining me for this week's Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. This is episode 70, my name's Charlotte Greenway, and it's Friday the 3rd of February. The standout news from this week was that Irish trainer Rona McNally has been hit with a 12-year ban by the IHRB, fined €50,000 and ordered to pay back €13,000 in prize money. And Jay Mangan, while reading the IHRB's report that was released on Tuesday evening, explained the various charges McNally had been found guilty of, resulting in such a lengthy ban. After hearing evidence from 16 parties of the six parties involved, uh, there was four horses involved in this within the scope of this investigation. And the penalties are serious in that the scope of the penalties and indeed the severity of them. Ronan McNally has been um, under the microscope for horses that have been running from 2019, 2020 and 2021. So the reopening of cases, the examining of whether horses ran on merit or not and whether Mr. McNally um, prevented horses from running on their merit and whether they had been sufficiently schooled or using the racetrack as a training ground, whether he was passing information to Kieran Fennessy and um, basically getting involved in profiteering and fraudulent activity in order to profit from the manipulation of a horse's handicap mark and so much more. There's a lot of layers to this. Um, We won't bore the listeners by getting involved in all of the rules involved, but basically there were 30 charges brought against those involved in this case, 22 of which were proved by the IHRB, and they have come down with this colossal uh, sanction 12 years as a disqualified person for Ronan McNally and as you mentioned 50,000 euro towards the costs. I do understand that Mr McNally is likely to appeal. He even expressed that likelihood prior to this sanction being issued and now that it has I don't see um, that changing but apparently he has reported to uh, the Richard Farsell of the Racing Post that that is his intention And of course, if he does, then all those sanctions have uh, the right to appeal, but they have to do that before the sanctions kick in on March 1st. A piece of news that came as a bit of a surprise to me anyway and has sparked some debate on Twitter this week is that the jockey club from here on out have scrapped dress codes at all their racecourses, which include the likes of Aintree, Cheltenham, Sandown and the two Newmarket courses. And here's the jockey club CEO, Nevin Truesdale, explaining why. This is something we've been thinking about for a while. All our research, a lot of our research from occasional racecores and potential racecores has told us that the, the imposition or the perceived imposition of dress codes um, about when people, when people come racing is, is definitely something of a barrier to people in terms of them um, wanting to come, want, not sure what to wear, not sure which what to wear in which enclosures. And we've also been looking at consistency across our racecourses as well, where I think we've had some quite inconsistent policies. So all this really does is simplify all of that and basically say, you know, racing is open, racing is inclusive, and we want people to come um, dressed to feel their best and just have a fantastic day out. So I think I think it's quite an important symbolic step um, that we're not going to mandate and impose dress codes on people. And I think it will make 
you know, the sport much more attractive in terms of coming into line with other sports and other leisure activities in a world where dress codes are becoming less and less of a thing. Um, two exceptions I should probably mention at this stage. One is uh, the Queen Elizabeth II stand at Epsom on Derby Day will remain very much morning suits. I think the traditions of that race and that occasion merit that. Um, and also we, we will uh, definitely be um, really glad anything that endorses uh, sporting allegiances or anything that's in any way offensive, as, as you would expect for you know, most leisure venues, that's fairly standard. Now, I think the whip has featured quite extensively each day on the podcast this week. So we'll just take a break from that debate and get straight on to the action this weekend, where all eyes will be on Leopardstown, who hosts the Dublin Racing Festival on Saturday and Sunday, which we'll get to very shortly. But first, in the UK, Sandown's feature is the Silly Isles Novices Chase on Saturday afternoon, where Irish raider Jerry Colomb looks to bag a second grade one over fences following his win in the Fahid Novices Chase at Limerick last time. And here's Gordon Elliott on why it was Sandown over the Dublin Racing Festival for his unbeaten, albeit lightly raced, seven-year-old. Say it's probably more likely he could go for the City Isles and go to Dublin with the way the ground is. Um, he's going to work this morning and see how he is, but uh, we'll keep all options open. You've made quite a bit of the ground with this horse. Is he just one of those that's incredibly ground contingent? Does he have to have it soft? Uh, not really. It's just you, uh, as a young horse, he's just very big and big and backward, and we just kind of took our time with him and done the right thing. But uh, he's got a lot stronger now, and um, I don't think he's as the ground dependent as he was. I'm intrigued to see American Mike back. Should I should I retain the faith? Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting him back out. Obviously, he, he, out from his last run, he hasn't done anything wrong all his career. So we're looking forward to getting him back. Um, he, he's going to walk down in the next couple of hours and we'll see how he is. But uh, the plan is to run him uh, in the 2-6 on Saturday. Along with the Grade 1 Novice Hurdle featuring American Mike, Saturday also hosts the Grade 1 Juvenile Hurdle, where Lossie Mouth will aim to enhance her already strong claims for the Triumph Hurdle at Cheltenham next month. And the Goffs Irish Arkle could be the race of the weekend, with Willie Mullins saddling five of the eight runners, including Appreciate It, El Fabiolo and Dysart Dynamo. One, however, who'll be hoping to spoil the Mullins party is Joseph O'Brien with last season's Martin Pipe winner Bambridge. And Joseph discussed this horse's chances with Nick this morning, but first discussed a wave of the sea who's going for a remarkable Dublin Racing Festival four-timer in the two-mile handicap chase tomorrow. He's won a number of races on the flat, um, hers, chases. Um, he always runs his race. He's run very well in races from you know from two miles right up to, to three miles in some of the nationals during the summer. And he's a real favourite around the yard. And we're very lucky to have him. And you know we're hopeful that he can run well again this weekend. I mean, already won at three of these festivals. He's still only seven years old, and it's it's not often when they're that when they're as precocious as him that they they keep going. What's his What's his secret? He's just a, a, a very consistent horse, a touch but he's a very sound horse. And um, I mean, he's he's never really had much of a holiday. He always tends to run through the winter and run through the summer. Um, and he's been doing that since he was running uh, in juvenile hurls and on the flat. So, so um, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind having a, a yard full of horses like him, that's for sure. OK, so as I say, he won that, that juvenile hurdle. He's won a couple of chases there as well. Um, you've got a couple of options for him this weekend. You plumped for the Saturday, is that right? The the, the, the fan zone handicap chase rather than the Sunday? 
Yeah, that, that's actually the race that he won last year. I think that he should run run a very good race in it again. And we, I felt that on paper that, that the Saturday race was maybe a little bit weaker than the Sunday race, you know. So so I haven't discussed it with Frank and JP. That was the race that, that uh, was, was decided. Yeah, to, to be quite honest, Nick, I, I, I don't know what his best trip is because he's performed very well and pretty similar similar levels, you know, from, like you say, from two miles up to three miles. So I'd be lying if I told you I thought one was better than the other. He, he ran a huge race to be placed in a national uh, last year in, in Limerick um, um, over three miles and then came came back and, and obviously won the two-mile chase in Leperstown. So I think he's a very versatile horse. Uh, as long as the ground is not too heavy, he tends to run his race. The other angle is the jockeys. It started with Barry Garrity, then it was Simon Torrance, then it was Shane Fitzgerald and now it's now it's Aidan Kelly. Um, tell me a little bit more about about Aidan and and your association. Yeah, um, I'm actually not sure if Aidan has, has rode for us before. Um, he rides a, a quite a few of uh, JP's horses and and uh, is a claimer who's going going places um, uh, in Ireland at the moment. Um, uh, as you know, there's quite a few of them, but he's he's certainly a, a rider who's been catching the eye, and we're very lucky to have him, and he's very good value for his claim. Yeah, so leaving leaving nothing to chance. Obviously, a lot of focus will be on the Grade One horses as well that you're you're running. Banbridge, I know, has had this race, the the Irish Arkle, marked down as uh, as his target for, for for quite a long time. You obviously still believe that he is a he is a two miler through and through. Are you hoping that the better ground is going to bring out bring about his best? Yeah, absolutely, Nick. You know, um, um, you know, after we we ran the last day, um, we discussed it with with, with JJ and, and Ronnie. It was, you know, we were all on the same page, and that you know, soft ground is is, is not his thing, and um, um, uh, so he'll he'll be kept on nicest ground from from here on forward. Um, this looks like uh, an outstanding novice chase, uh, which is great to see, and uh, we're excited to be part of it, and we're excited to have a live chance in it. Uh, I'm certainly excited, as are many people, about seeing High Definition out again. Uh, his form's taken a, a little bit of a boost with Jatara's good run behind Ashro Diamond. Uh, what are you expecting at the weekend? Yeah, well, obviously, Nick, we're hoping to run very well. Um, that's what we're there for. There's no doubt that, that Fastel Vega is going to be a, a, a tough nut to crack. He's just about one of the most exciting um uh, novices in training at the moment in, in, in the UK or Ireland so so but but he's there to be shot at and we're going to give it give it our best shot and is there an edge that you think you might have is there something that you might have in your in your armory that that he doesn't I mean we know what a very very good flat horse you were yeah, well, I was going to say, I, I, I don't know if he could, you know, be 118 or 117 rated flat horse. He probably could, but, 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 you know, um, our horse obviously has, has a lot of class. Uh, he jumped well. And uh, the second half of his race uh, uh, in his maiden, and he'll have to brush up and be sharper through the first half of his race. You know, this weekend we've been pleased with his schooling. He actually had his last schooling session this morning, when, when, which went very well. And um, I mean, um, if you're not in, you can't win. And someone has to take on these good horses. And we're lucky and 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 excited to have a horse that that we can, you know, throw throw a throw a dart at it and see see how he goes. But we're hoping for a good run, and from there, then. I mean, Fastel Vegas looked at top top horse, so so um, our our expectations are realistic, but we hope to give him a fright at least. And one final question: To what extent would your confidence in high definition be bolstered 
by the fact that that JJ Slevin was was content and confident to take him to the front on his first hurdles run, and he was able to he was able to draw away doing it from the front on his debut. Does that does that give you extra confidence? Yeah, it does, and I mean it's never ideal having to go and do that on your on your first run uh, over hurdles. So 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 like he was entitled to have a good look and be a little bit leery, and uh, considering he had, had however many runs on the flat and had never seen a hurl um, in a racing environment, you know, so he was entitled to be a little bit sticky. But I was personally, I was very pleased with how he warmed into the race, and and I was very pleased with how he jumped the last four hurls. It was a pity that the last hurl was um, was 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 dulled off on the day with the low sun because that would have been you know a, a great experience for him but but I was very pleased with his last you know the last mile of the race and um, I mean he I, I think he's earned a spot in this race. Possibly the most exciting horse in action this weekend is Galapin Deschamps in Saturday's Irish Gold Cup as we still don't know just how good this horse could be. He's favourite for the Cheltenham Gold Cup and he's yet to actually win a Grade 1 in open company but it's the manner of his victories that at times has been breathtaking. His task looks to have been made easier by the deflection of Conflated but Statler and Kenboy are no mugs. On flicking through the ratings of the seven runners, one thing that did surprise me was that any second now, who's been placed in the Grand National for the last two years, is the third top-rated horse with a mark of 162. You don't often see him in this grade, and he is 11, so Nick put a call into his trainer Ted Walsh to find out what sort of performance he's expecting. I like outside of the favourites, uh, I could expect to get into the money. And when I talk about the money, there's money for every horse that runs in an early. But I mean, uh, get into the serious place money. And the Statler is the one horse that could improve a good bit. He's a young enough horse. He was a good novice last year, won the National Hunt Chase. He's uh, had a good run at Tremor, a track that wouldn't suit him, a sharp old track uh, behind Henry's horse that won the Gold Cup two years ago. Uh, he could um, realistically uh, be second. And uh, I'd say he's probably short enough price to be second. And I have as good a chance then as any of the others. Uh, Ken Boy is a very good horse around Leperstown. But like myself, he's not getting any younger. And uh, Fury Road is what he is. A consistent horse. And uh, uh, Peter Fahey's horse then who ran well in the um, Welsh National. They're all the sort of horses. And Franco de Port didn't run great at Torles. So I'd be disappointed if he doesn't run well. When I say run well, be competitive for the place money. I don't expect them to uh, frighten Willie's horse, who I think is a serious Gold Cup contender. And again, he has to prove that he's, he is what we all think he is. And what's your gut feeling on that? I mean, you've seen enough top-class horses over the years. Ted, you look at Galapande, Sean, do you look at him and think, yeah, he's a real one? Yeah, I think he's a real one. He was good last year as a novice. Uh, his jumping was a bit exuberant at times. And uh, he was a very unlucky to fall at Cheltenham. That wasn't really... He jumped it well and just knuckled on landing. Could happen to any horse. He could have stood up as well. He was going to be a very easy winner of a very poor race. Uh, the second horse that ended up winning it is not with a shadow of the horse he was as a novice. Uh, he came back then. He won well at Punch at uh, Fairy House. Or Punch is on my show, which is on my, my head. And uh, then he uh, he won the Dorkham Brothers well also. He looks to be a more settled horse this year. His jumping is more accurate. He was exuberant. I saw him at Leperstown. He took the size of my eyes the way he jumped in his first chase. He was brilliant, bowled along and jumped good. But you can't keep doing that. And a few times when I saw him at Cheltenham, I thought he was a little bit sort of wild. But he's a different horse this year. Paul was able to settle him. 
you'd know by the way Paul pulled up and he was delighted with him he was a lovely ride and he's a very good horse he was a very good novice he's a winner over hurls at Cheltenham winner over fences he's the young horse on the up all the others that are in it are much of a much since we saw him in the Cotswold chase last week any one of the three or four of them could come and reverse placings with the other horse the next time they run um, of the young horses coming through he's entitled to be favour for the Gold Cup mm. um, now listen he's got to go and do it that's a whole different ball game how many times have we seen it over the years that we think they're going to be superstars and they're very good horses but superstars are few and far between don't forget also that on Sunday Honeysuckle will be aiming to get back to winning ways in the Irish champion hurdle but she faces a tough opponent in young pretender Stateman who's out to enhance his own champion hurdle claims Two fabulous days of racing to be enjoyed this weekend. Nick will be back with you on Monday with all the latest news and no doubt all the fallout from the next couple of days. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.